This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Brian Donovan, and you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Leave Hurricane! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words with no faith is empty. I stayed the course, though my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah i am back from new york comic con and all the craziness that happened over there and i am actually surprised that i'm doing this show and on time i was actually contemplating doing this show on monday but I managed to make it through. I managed to get all my writing done. My homework is done. All the notes that was supposed to be gathered for this episode is in. And I got a chance to watch Captain Laserhawk Blood Dragon Remix. Uh, it was only six episodes, so I can breeze through that. No problem. And I'm glad I did because we got a lot to talk about with this. This is the uh, new series that's on Netflix right now from the from the eccentric mind of Addy Shankar, the gentleman responsible for the bootleg uh, series that we saw online that went viral and then followed by uh, Castlevania, uh, the series that uh, he's been working on, plus all these other series that are going to be coming from Netflix. He's kind of now becoming the new J.J. Abrams or uh, 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 Greg Berlanti, if you will, for Netflix in terms of animated series out there, adult animated series, I would say, because the any of the series that he's done, they're not for kids. I mean, kids can dare watch it, but like, honestly, like they, these are very rated R, very adult oriented animated shows. Um, and they're hardcore. <laughs> they're very hardcore. And this one is no different. This one is based off of the expansion pack to Far Cry 3, um, that was brought out in 2019. So, and, uh, they finally got it out and let me tell you, there's a lot to take in with this series. So we'll talk about that in our talk topic of the week, but 
man, the reason I wasn't going to do this episode today because I am so engulfed in Spider-Man 2 right now. Um, I haven't finished yet. I, I don't even know how many how deep I am in because you know it's one of those games like I like I told Boris I did the um, the uh, Rampage Ramble podcast with him. Uh, you could check that out on his on the. Uh, S, what is it? SNMERadio.com. And uh, there's a free episode there. They have, you know, paywalls for Patreon episodes. But this one, um, this is we, this is a free episode that we want you to check out because we talk a little about Spider-Man 2. We talk about Krispy Kreme, New York Comic Con. And then we talk about, we give our review on the really good episode of AEW Rampage um, this week. So go out of your way, check that out. But we were talking a little bit about it. I couldn't talk too much about it because I didn't get knee deep in it. I only got through like half hour of the game at the time. And that if it was only just that half hour of the game, it probably want to still be one of the best games this year. Because what you do in that first half hour, which you then find out is just the introduction. <laughs> it's it's insane. So I am like so engulfed in everything this game has to offer. I believe uh, it was reported that it was like up to 40 hours, which is a good amount. And I think the same amount as the other games and 40 hours is nothing to sneeze at. Like, you know, especially for people with nine to five jobs, they're not going to jump on and constantly binge on it all the time. That's still a good amount of hours. And that's not, I think that's including the side missions and everything. And I've played some of the side missions. It is some really awesome stories in these side missions that you guys need to check out and you will be rewarded for doing so um especially miles one of miles's uh side missions where once again he was rewarded with a awesome 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 uh costume this time or his gear this time like he did with his own standalone game so we'll get into all that on select start this week when i give my full thorough review of spider-man 2 but right now woo! what do you expect it's insomniac games people <laughs> you know you don't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious but it's so far so good the story is it's it's man it's grabbing me but it all depends on how this thing ends and you never know how the insomniac spider-man story is in because they pull something and surprise you every single time so it depends on how this ends. It tells is going to tell me how I'm going to give this score and give this grade for that one. So we'll see. And you know, will this be will this be contender for a game of the year? But would will this actually be game of the year? Because I'm still thinking Tears of the Kingdom. It's it's still at the top to me. But right now I'm feeling this game a lot. And much like I did with Cyberpunk um, Phantom Liberties and much like I did with Burning Shores. But again, can you consider those separate games or or just, you know, do they stand do they stand on a category of their own for expansions? So that's a that's a discussion. I, I, I'm really interested in seeing how that's going to be played this year with, um, you know, game of the year reviews and, and stuff like that and, and awards and such. So we'll see how that goes. But it's some it's been some heavy hitters this year is i'm just grateful to be a fan and a gamer itself and a consumer so but we got a lot of news to talk about or some fun news to talk about this week and of course we'll talk about captain laser blood a blood dragon remix on our talk topic so let's not waste any time folks let's find out what's new in the world of acmg 
And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to start off with my thoughts on our first look at Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, which Netflix Geek has released images from uh, based on characters of the series. Now, this is their chance to remake the series that, you know, the live action series, which M. Night Shyamalan first did, but many thought that he failed at it. I honestly, I'm going to be honest, and I've probably said this before. I'm probably one of the rare people who didn't mind what he did with that series. And in fact, I thought he went above and beyond to go scene from scene from the animated series. I people I people have not explained or articulated as to why they didn't like that movie. I thought he which I don't know what it was that people got that where he got wrong. I, I I'm really ignorant to that situation. But nonetheless, we're doing it again and this cast looks awesome this is the they're showing the first pics of the fire nation uh members of the fire nation which includes azai uh ero i'm probably butchering these names azula show and zuko uh so it looks beautiful they look awesome uh predominantly an asian cast here um it looks it, it absolutely looks fantastic i just the pictures alone just looks absolutely awesome i am looking forward to this because i think they're going to knock it out the park and i think honestly netflix what i what i'll give them credit for is that they have learned their lessons they've tried to dabble in live action anime series before and it was hit or miss now granted a lot of those series were already made movies from japan by warner brothers japan um but i think it was death note that was the first one that they really tried to do and it it really fell flat it looked like a 90s new line cinema film and it didn't look up to code and william defoe was probably the best thing about it but everything else about the the, the deal was like ugh, it was it didn't live up um i thought cowboy bebop was really good in my opinion i thought they did i thought they did a really fair job but i think people sabotaged it i think they were like trolls out there that sabotaged their chance to do it and it made netflix like turn their nose against it one piece majority of people love that series it, it was a huge hit i can't wait for season two for that so let's keep the momentum with that and you guys remember Yu Yu Hakusho is coming this year. Again, if they, I, I, I love, I, I love and respect One Piece, but I'm not as big as a fan of One Piece as I am to Yu Yu Hakusho. And if they screw that up, I am going to be majorly pissed. But looking at the images of the actors who are playing it, so far so good. I haven't seen anything else from it, but we'll see how that goes. Um, but man it is uh it, it looks awesome it looks awesome i'm looking forward to it i think they're gonna get it right and we'll see how that goes and and, and as far as the storytelling standpoint we don't know if they're gonna go the same way that m night Shyamalan has gone because m night Shyamalan went straight to source like scene from scene almost word from word i don't know what they did different because i watched avatar like everybody else 
and then loved that show. And I just, when I watched the live action movie, I just thought that like, wow, they are really doing a good job, you know, bringing this to life. And then I just saw the internet go crazy over it. And I honestly, honestly, here's my take. I think it was everybody jumping on a bandwagon of just trying to troll and throw shade on M. Night Shyamalan because, you know, he's the guy that's known for these crazy cliff, not cliffhanger, these crazy uh, endings that have come out and like only two of his movies, three of his movies have been the most successful. And that was the sixth sense unbreakable. And, um, Oh, I, I would say four, um, glass. And the other one, uh, what was the other one? Um, the other one with the kid, with the uh, kid, the guy who had multiple personalities. Um, let me see if I can find it. I'm blanking out night Shyamalan movies. It is split. Yes, that was awesome. That was a freaking awesome movie. And, you know, he's done, you know, knocking, uh, knock at the cabin, which I don't think anybody really gave any bad reviews about. He did old, um, but his most successful. Oh, God, he did uh, after Earth. Ugh, that was. Ugh, ugh, ugh. Um, yeah, let's, let's leave that one alone. But he, he had four major hits, um, but. I think the most successful was Unbreakable, Split, and Glass because they're all connected together. They became sort of a trilogy, if you will. And it was just fantastic. But people have downed him for all for the things that he's done prior to that. And when the last Airbender came out, it, you know, it, it just, it fell apart. Like people just did not want to support it, to be honest. I don't know any other reason for that. It, it just reminded me of like, when Tim Story's Fantastic Four, The Rise of the Silver Surfer came out, people loved it. And I always go back to this. People loved it until the Galactus Cloud. And then all of a sudden, just because of that one scene, for some reason, that one scene, that one scene that was like only a few minutes in the movie, determined that the entire movie sucked, which I was like, it, the, the, the idea of that is just stupid and ridiculous. The movie was, the movie was dope. Yes, I would have loved to have seen Galactus in the present, you know, in person, in the flesh, but they didn't have the technology to do that at the time. They were just years shy away from being able to do that. And then all of a sudden the MCU was created and as the years go by, they started gaining more budget and they got and technology evolved and they were able to do this. So by the time we got to what Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, where they were able to make Ego and Ego, I believe, is like the first huge godlike entity that they were able to make happen. And then all of a sudden now we got all the, you know, the Eternals and the Cosmic Era coming out and they're able to do it. But they weren't able to do that back then. So they had to find a way to accentuate the positives and hide the negatives. And unfortunately, to many fans, a cloud of silhouette cloud of Galactus was just not enough. Yes, it was lame, but it didn't determine the entire movie, in my opinion. Like it, it just didn't. I love the Tim Story movies like. And, and Chris Evans would not have gotten the role of Captain America if, if that movie sucked. That movie, like all of them, all of them. Jessica Alba was probably the most successful at the time. 
in that film. And thank goodness for Tim's story for not making her the leader of the act. Like she, he, he didn't do the same thing that Brian Singer and, and um, Matthew Vaughn did in X-Men. Like Jessica Alba was probably the most famous and popular actor in that movie, but he didn't push the envelope with that. Everybody remained the same, but every all those actors after the success of those two films have gone on to do some other cool things in light of those films and including Chris Evans, mostly. Um, because he was great as Johnny Storm. He was hilarious as Johnny Storm. And it just reminds you of how awesome Chris Evans really is and how much range that dude has. It, 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 he's very subtle. You don't think about how awesome he is because he goes from, like when he became Captain America and people were looking at Captain America, it was like, that dude? <laughs> that dude, seriously? Like, no, it, it just, it honestly, but he proved it. He proved it, man. He was awesome. But going back to the M. Night Shyamalan situation, it's like, I, I you know, when it came to the, the you know, to um, the idea of the air, last airbender, I just, I, I don't understand. Like, I can watch that. I've watched that film more than once. And I just can't understand why people hated that film. Like, I, I just don't know. I, it, 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 it bothered me to this day. I don't understand. Like, people have never really truly explained it. And I, again, I've watched the cartoon. I watched the the the, uh, the cartoon series just like everybody else thoroughly because it's a really good show. It's a really good series. I thought he did. I thought he did cool with it. He didn't leave any like cliffhangers or anything like that. He left more to come. I mean, he left cliffhangers, but he it wasn't like one of those mysterious type of you know endings that he normally is used to i think people are just purely hating on him that's just plain and simple but we'll see how this new series is going to react to it and uh you know the conversation is going to come up about the movie again so when that time comes i'm probably going to ask people again like what was it about that movie that you really if people are listening right now let me know what is it about that movie that you really that justifies your hate for that movie that what did they get wrong that's what i want to know in, 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 in that sense so all right moving on there is an anime that is coming out and this anime is consisting of some of the biggest blockbuster casting of actors i've ever seen for an anime i mean this is ridiculously huge the upcoming anime from hayward um from haywood miyazaki called the boy and his heron will arguably have the biggest exclusive biggest Hollywood cast I've ever seen in anime. Let's start with the casting here. Robert Pattinson is in this, playing the Grey Heron. Christian Bell is in there playing Soichi Maki. Luca Padovan is playing Mahito Maki. Dave Batista is the Parakeet King. You know what's funny? I, I get so amazed at every role that Dave Batista gets because as a wrestling fan, wrestlers all right say what you will but there's wrestlers have made it to hollywood before like i'm talking to going as far as back as um i mean going way back to the 60s and 50s but like in my era it was like terry funk we saw him do a few movies thanks to uh, sylvester stallone um hulk hogan of course because of terry funk and sylvester stallone but 
they you know we've seen people make you know uh, wrestlers make it to movies but none of them make it to the mainstream aspect hulk hogan did at one point but none of his movies were like taken seriously like to him it was just some cheesy che everything he's done in hollywood was cheesy because that's kind of his persona he was he's a cheesy dude and they don't take him seriously as a actor the way they, they did Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson has a level of acting chops and a, and a charisma that can assimilate to any type of role. And you've seen him in multiple different roles. It wasn't just action roles. He's done um, drama. He's done comedy. He's done action. Uh, he's even done animated. You know, he's he's it, that's why he's the highest paying surprisingly the highest paying dude is a is a, is a legendary wrestler like it, it, he's legitimized wrestling so much say what you will like he's legitimized wrestling to a height that has never been before and then went over to hollywood and did the same thing to the point that he has a lot of power in hollywood you know and go out of way check out ballers by the way i that i love that show ballers was awesome um it was a great take on on the football industry and, and nfl and all that stuff and things that you probably didn't know about and of course he used to play for the my um for the miami dolphins for a short stint um and it was it was just man it, it was a it was a great show it was a great show but you know when i see dave batista because like he's another dude like People don't understand when he was in wrestling, you didn't consider him like a dude who can, who had acting chops until he left wrestling. When he, on his final days in wrestling, he started projecting this persona of his character that resonated within fans. And it was like, this is the best Dave Batista we've ever seen when he went Hill and he started being Hollywood and all the stuff. And he went up against Rey Mysterio and, things like that and he developed this charisma like this charisma we've never seen because he probably never got any opportunity to do it at the time because he was part of you know um triple h's you know faction you know um revolution or whatnot and when he left he left and he left an imprint in people's head and then all of a sudden he got the opportunity he got a few opportunities he did a few b-rated films and stuff like that and then he got the opportunity of a dream from James Gunn and he credits James Gunn. If you go watch the, uh, the assembled episode where they do the behind the scenes of guardians of the galaxy volume three, he absolutely is a heartwarming, uh, episode. And he credits James Gunn wholeheartedly for his career going in the direction that it has. And this is one, another one of these situations. He's been a bomb bond films. He's been in all these other really awesome films. And now he's an anime like it's this is incredible so he's playing the parakeet king in here you also have Gemma chan who from the eternals uh and captain marvel as well playing uh natsuko william defoe once again comes back playing a character known as noble pelican florence Pooh, aka the new scarlet witch i mean not the new scarlet witch the new black widow if you will uh as critical mark hamill is in this movie okay Playing the Grandula, the Grand Uncle, if you will. Uh, I said the Grandula. I actually put the two names together on my notes, and that's what happened. So it's the Grand Uncle, uh, played by Mark Hamill. And then you have Karen 
Fukuyama from The Boys playing Lady Ham uh, Hime. That's a insane group of people in this anime. Like, no, I've never seen an anime ever being casted by this level of talent. And it's not it's not a light on all the other our favorite actors in anime before, but like it's it's the live action uh, actors coming in to play this role. My only my only thing, the only thing that I'm actually wondering about here is how much these guys got paid to do this movie. You know, this is anime. If you are well understanding of the of the anime industry, then you know the paywall of this. If you listen to any of the interviews that I've had and um and, and uh, that I've ever done with people in the world of anime, they will tell you. I, and of course, I go back to the Stephanie Shea interview that I just posted recently. Um, go out of your way to check out that interview if you haven't. It's on. It's uh, available now. Uh, you could check it on TalkTimeLive.com, or you could check it out on all your favorite podcast platforms. But I put that up during the week of New York Comic Con because it holds a lot of relevancy to situations like this and to situations also the molly flanagan episode too because i believe one of the one of the three or four molly flanagan episodes we i mean uh i've had with her she talks about the difference between actors who know how to act in anime to well-known actors like these guys who come in to try to do anime and doesn't do this it doesn't have the same vibe so they have that but also comes with it is how much these guys got paid because a lot of the well-known actors that you know in anime they get paid but not like these guys a robert pattinson a dave batista a william defoe uh mark hamill um you know a flores poo uh these guys they don't get paid low a lot of them get paid a lot you know a lot a lot, a lot more than your normal actor from who plays in you know then uh, the share uh deshaun shimmels door like i can't put molly flanagan in, in in this category because she is one of the rare to be to, to do live action and anime so she's out of that loop to some extent um i think she more associates herself with live action but she just happens to be the iconic act you know character for naruto as well amongst a few other characters in anime she doesn't do that many um anime characters but like your your yuri long falls your you know it's only a rare like if your name is not nolan north or troy baker you're not getting paid to that scale you're getting paid scale at best and so and there, there's just a love different levels of 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 paywall to these uh, pay scales to these guys so that kind of worries me in a sense it's like all right you got these you got these like upper tier actors playing an anime is this going to become a discussion again you know with the class of actors that are normally doing anime and getting like again sean shemmels the chris sabbaths you know out there like the stephanie shays the um what am i 
you know, the the Johnny Young Boshes of the world, you know, how are they looking at this right now? And it's like, all right, what's going on? Are we is, is this going to be the beginning of a new thing or is this going to be a way to like, can we get paid the same thing that we got these guys do? You know, when we go to conventions, we get we have a big fan base. If you go on to uh, talktimelive.com and watch my highlight clip of the Naruto panel, Molly has a big following as well. The Dragon Ball cast has a big following as well. Um, oh God, the Dragon Ball cat. Go the Hall H. I mean, not the Hall H. The Empire Stage had is is can seat over a few thousand people in that Empire Stage, and they were all there to see Dragon Ball. They were all there to see um, Ian Sinclair and 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 uh, oh God, in Boma, if you will. Um, and it's just it's incredible. Like they have just as big of a fan base as all these other guys. They just aren't highlighted. And Monica Riel, yeah, this is what I'm mistaken, um, who plays Boma, but they don't, they aren't highlighted as much as these guys. Like in Japan, like all those, all actors in Japan are heavily highlighted. And, and you know, that does anime, they, they're heavily highlighted just as good as everybody else. It took us up to recent for us to start really giving flowers to you know the cow a bears of the world and all these other people and do the red carpets and all this stuff because we, they weren't getting it like if you even go back to the 90s if you go back and watch like red carpets for people in anime oh they are treated like a-listers over there at least at the time i don't know now but like it, i know at the time if they were a huge deal um you know back there i used to watch you know when i used to get you know tapes of uh of anime back then in the 90s you know the tape trading era we would see clips of you know sailor moon premieres and all that stuff and the amount of fandom and and and, and this is when people first you know those who watch tape trading those are the first time you saw cosplaying because you saw girls like fangirls dressing up like the characters in there and we've never been privy to that before like we had halloween but we never went to that level of cosplaying before cosplaying ja japan really kind of got people hyped on cosplaying because we and mostly sailor moon was it so like that type of fandom like over there it took us forever to start giving flowers to these actors so the idea that now they have this huge cast in here and if it's successful if it is successful as they're probably hoping for because anime is a billion dollar business this could be the start of something very interesting and something i don't know this could be a good thing and a bad thing for the industry because could this mean bigger pay for the actors could could this result in the actors going on strike again because of this situation what does this mean like I, it's it's cool to see that all these people are doing anime <coughs> excuse me but this also can mean something else too and it, it, I, i'm i'm there's a lot of questions i have for this but this is pretty dope but also i'm pretty concerning as well in my opinion so speaking of concerning not really but one of my favorite wrestlers right now is on the go he is on the move we're expecting to see this guy do some major things and it's just slowly but surely coming that is maxwell jacob freeman who 
has apparently gotten a few really awesome roles, one of which is him making his first voice acting debut in the upcoming DC animated movie. MJF will play the role of Killer Croc and the follow-up to the DC Ruby crossover known as Justice League Cross Ruby, Superheroes and Huntsmen Part 2. I watched Part 1, it was pretty cool. Part 2 looks to be just as awesome as well. Um, and NJF is just on a roll. He, there's a clip out there right now that uh, it doesn't even sound like him. It, it doesn't sound like him because they modified the voice to sound like Killer Croc, but the mannerisms of his voice patterns are very familiar. Like it, you could tell it's MJF from that standpoint because he kind of has this condescending type of tone of his voice that he always does. And that's how you could tell based on his his uh his speech patterns and, uh, and stuff like that but this is not all he's doing like mgf is he's i didn't know he was doing all this he's he has also landed a role as um lance von eric in the upcoming a24 film the iron claw which i cannot wait for uh which is which chronicles the life and legacy of the von eric family if you guys if wrestling fans if you knew wrestling fans don't know about the von erics first of all I, I talked about this with Boris. You guys need to know your history because this is a problem. This has been problematic for like a decade now where these kids don't want to favor the history and don't respect the history of the past, whether it be from hip hop and music and all that stuff to wrestling and, and other forms of history. Like history, really, it matters. It really matters. And it's, especially if you're truly a fan of these things. I think a hardcore fan would actually enjoy this. The Von Erichs was a very, very popular family in wrestling, but also one of wrestling's greatest tragedies. And the fact I, I, you just had to know that they were going to do a movie for this one day because it was that damn tragic. Like this could actually, if they do it right, this could absolutely be a Oscar nominated movie based on the story of this if you guys don't know like the the von eric family was just awesome carrie kevin von eric carrie von eric david von eric um some of the most popular dudes in texas and it led to a lot of death um a lot of self-inflicted death i should say as well like this family and suicides has just been insane but if you're this is not going to be a movie for the weak at heart like you're going to have to toughen up to watch this show because to watch this movie because this is one of like watching this movie in the nineties would have been awesome because people can handle this type of situation. People are a little bit more delicate today. So it'll be interesting to see how this, how people are going to be able to take and handle what they do with this. And if they do it right, this should be a very compelling but very hard movie to watch, especially if you were fans of the Von Erichs back then. If you were somebody who experienced the situations that happened back, back then, that will be very interesting. Um, it'll be various to see how they're gonna, cause the death of, the death of some, uh, some of the Von Erichs, man, it was, uh, not all of them are, are, have died. I believe Kevin is still alive. Kevin or Carrie is still alive. Um, I think it's Kevin is still alive, but I tell you what, man, it, it, it was one of the 
darkest days ever. Like, and back then wrestling was still in the kayfabe era, so it really hit hard. But the, the casting that they have for this is very interesting as well. Zach Efron, I think most people were, you know, more aware of he was doing it, and he bulked up majorly for this because, again, if you ever seen the Von Erics, all of them were in mad, mad great shape, like in huge shape, and Zach Efron looked. He now looks like a Von Erich in here. They had a certain Von Erichs. The Von Erich brothers had a certain look. They had the hair, they had the body, um, and they had the the you know I guess the, um, the 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 swag, if you will, and the charisma, if you will. Um, and he just came off as really like just again. This is the '80s. They came off as like legit athletes, and I love that about them. And so Zach Efron's playing Kevin Von Eric, Jeremy Allen White from The Bear, which I became a big fan of that series, um, plays Carrie Von Eric. So that's why he's so balked up lately. Harris David uh, as David Von Eric. This is going to be the interesting one here. Holt McCullen, uh, McCullany is playing Fritz Von Eric. Fritz Von Eric is the father of the Von Eric family. He was a he's a he was a legendary famous wrestler himself. He raised his son. He think of him as Joe Jackson to the Jackson Five. That's Fritz Von Eric, but even worse. Like say what you will about Joe Jackson, he has done none of the things that Fritz Von Eric has done involving his kids. So that's going to be interesting to see how they paint him in this movie because he plays a major factor in how they were raised but also how how they were trained and and the pressure that he put on those kids in there um but if you're a wrestling fan you're going to be happy to know that mjf is not the only person who is playing here by the way mjf's lance von eric i believe if i'm correct lance von eric is not he, he when lance von eric came in he's not the real brother of von eric's he was made he was created because in the light of the death of one of the Von Erics and they wanted to keep the momentum going. So Lance Von Eric, somebody, they made up a character uh, based on, you know, to be a fictional version of Von Erics, but people were supposed to believe that he was a Von Eric brother, but people weren't falling for it. So uh, that became a situation with that as well. Um, also, Chavo Guerrero, once again, makes his presence in a wrestling related live action uh project and this time this is going to be awesome chavo guerrero plays the sheik the original sheik um this character the the original sheik chavo guerrero is part of the legit dynasty wrestling family the guerreros uh consisting of um mongo uh, Ch uh guerrero eddie guerrero and uh hector guerrero all of those guys, Eddie probably being the most famous of them all. Um, you know, of course he passed away. You could do a whole entire movie on Eddie Guerrero's career as well in there. So, I mean, that's a whole nother situation there. Um, but Chavo has all has continued to do, you know, a lot of good work in the wrestling industry, including Hollywood as well. He's worked in glow. Uh, the, the Netflix series glow as well. He's done a lot of, if there's something wrestling related, Chavo's probably behind the scenes, you know, giving advice on how to do the episode and how to, in training the people, um, uh, the actors 
in wrestling to get those moves right so he's coming back as the sheik and the sheik is was at one point one of the most dangerous characters ever in wrestling at that time like people were afraid of the sheik uh there's a movie called i like to hurt people which kind of chronicles his road in around the world the sheik in japan the people in japan were afraid of this dude like because he would just he his fights with abdullah the butcher and all these other people and bruiser brody and all these other guys and like just it was brutal it was little like you would he made you think wrestling was real <laughs> the stuff that that dude was do was insane so chavo playing the sheik is going to be interesting to see and this one was a big surprise because i've seen him now and it makes all the sense in the world because now i've seen him on being the elite if you're a wrestling fan if you're an aew fan you know being the elite is like the youtube series um that you get to, that you get to see the young bucks and and a whole bunch of other characters do a lot of things well brian ryan namath who's um the brother of dolph ziggler or whatever his real name is now because he's no longer with wwe he can't use that name anymore but you everybody knows that name but ryan namath is the brother as the brother of Dolph Ziggler um and he's playing Gino Hernandez if you're a wrestling fan you know that name if you're a true wrestling fan you know that name and you know that they did a dark side of the ring episode on Gino Hernandez and the mysterious death of him so it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with him I can't wait to see what Ryan Nemeth looks like with this but he he's been on BTE being the elite during the writers and actors uh strike you know picketing out there and now they're still they're still doing it but he would cover what's going on during that time out there so i knew he he did say he was a hollywood i didn't know that he was legit in hollywood so he's going to be a part of this he's played gino hernandez i guarantee he's going to be wearing a wig because gino hernandez had a particular 80s style haircut like a miami vice um style haircut in here so gonna be interesting seeing him playing that role whether he's gonna have a line or two or whatever like that it's gonna be interesting but gino hernandez very significant in the von eric's um career because they were part of world-class uh championship wrestling as well and gino hernandez is one of the biggest hills in that era but he mysteriously died because of whatever was going on in his world and he was involved in a lot of stuff behind the scenes and i'm talking from drug related to almost mob related so i'm wondering how much they're going to add on to that point there so we'll see but i am looking forward to this movie uh the iron claw is coming very soon i will be reviewing it it you know the fact that they have this caliber of actors in there leads me to believe that they're aiming to try to do something with this for real and this is not this is more of a biopic than anything and hopefully they if they do it good enough i am hoping that they get the accolades of a nomination for an oscar because this type of story and the right type of people can really bring this out like if this is I, i'm pretty sure that they're going to try to do what the wrestler has done and the wrestler was a fictional story well this one is based on an absolute true story and a true tragic story at that so if you thought the wrestler was tragic wait until you see the iron claw because you're if you've never known about the von erics before you will soon so check that out for sure um last thing i want to talk about this week october 17th in fact 
we or last week i should say now we uh celebrated a uh a memoriam if you will we're remembering the life and legacy of tony stark it was october 17th that marks the day tony stark sacrificed himself to save the entire universe when he used the nanotech to steal the infinity gems giving him the opportunity to stop thanos with the infinity gauntlet with his own infinity gauntlet his nano gauntlet if you will and his legion from getting rid of half the universe this led to a heartwarming and heartbreaking moment in the mcu history this followed um, and also it created a chain reaction of things to happen afterwards all because tony stark snapped his fingers and in in acknowledged himself to the universe that he is iron man this started a chain reaction that people probably don't even realize and remember but we're going to talk about it right now this is followed by steve rogers taking the infinity stones and returning them to their original original timelines but also choosing to remain in the time where he and peggy carter can finally reunite and have that last dance and more this also led to an old steve Ro steve rogers returning to the past i mean returning to the present to um provide the shield to sam wilson which led to him becoming the new Captain America. And we all know what that happened with that. Steve would later pass away, leaving Bucky and Sam to take over that legacy. After that, Peter Parker would go on to gain the control of Tony Stark's AI, billion dollar AI, I should add, which led to him facing off against Mysterio while also seemingly team up with Nick Fury and Maria Hill, which we learned later on that was basically Talos, um, Talos, and his late wife who were helping fury while he was in space we also now know that that situation led to the secret invasion which will also lead us into the marvels uh in november meanwhile thor decides to travel with the guardians of the galaxy as he figure out his next life venture we find out what his future holds in the in the movie love and thunder all this happens while we also well, none of them actually unbeknownst to any of them i should say that loki still lives somewhere in time along with the tva as they are trying to bring order to the time streams speaking of broken time streams and universes i should add we find both peter and Tar and dr strange involved in the breaking of the multiverses resulting in getting all three spider-mans from different franchises together for the first time ever something you will probably never ever see again <laughs> not for years and it worked perfectly this also somehow connects miles morales in the sony verse if you will as he in the spider-verse is looking to bring back order to the multiverse as well and they're all connected this also leads dr strange into the multiverse of madness as he tries to stop the scarlet witch this is a lot of going on here speaking of variants ant-man has become more famous than ever but somehow leads him and his entire family into the quantum verse battling king the conqueror which you also see a variant in loki as he who remains as there as they also killed him which created the entire time stream situation there we would also be introduced to new heroes kate bishop moon knight she-Hulk, Werewolf by Night, Elsa, Bloodstone, 
and Kamala Khan, aka Ms. Marvel, as we're leading into a whole new big battle coming in the coming uh, coming to us in the coming years, I should say. And among all of this, we sadly learn that King T'Challa has died from a decline in health. Many believe story-wise from the Battle of Thanos. But we all unfortunately know what happened from there. Which led Suri to becoming the new Black Panther and the debut of Riri Williams, AKA Ironheart. All this stemming from the snap of a finger made by Tony Stark. One has to wonder, what if he didn't snap his fingers? What if they did continue off and they lost the battle? I hope that is one of the what ifs that we see on a new season of what if coming soon. So um, hopefully it's coming soon because, you know, you know, striking on this stuff. So what if there wasn't a strike? <laughs> Nonetheless, we celebrate the memory of Avengers Endgame in the moment that changed everything for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So thank you once again, Tony Stark. Thank you, Robert Downey Jr. for being a part of what made this whole entire thing. And it was a great 11 years, a phenomenal 11 years. And we're now not even scratching the surface of what's happening now with the MCU because it's a very slow start. And it's probably going to be even slower now that the SAG after strike is still going on. But rest assured, man, I'm looking forward to what's to come. So, folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I will give my thoughts on Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix from Netflix. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Charlotte Chung. And Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Play! Folks, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my review of Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix. This is based, like, a fictional, like, re literally a remix. This is from the guy who bootlegs everything. <laughs> the, if you watch the bootleg power rangers or the bootleg venom it's all done by addy sankar who is probably the most, one of the most eccentric artists out there and creators out there he will take an, an, an ip I, I can't even describe what he does with these things but he does it in such a creative way he literally remixes everything he i would he's probably like how can i say he would probably be like Eric Sermon in hip hop or DJ Khaled to some extent. Um, 
in terms of just remixing something and making it sound even better or look better and just putting having a different take on it like personal personality wise the dude's kind of creepy he's very eccentric um he gives me vibes like we're gonna find out something about him later on that we probably shouldn't <laughs> that we probably don't want to know about him but creative wise this dude's an artist and what he does with these intellectual properties that he's allowed to do he he just has his canvas and he just goes all out and just throws paint he's one of those guys who just throws paint at canvas and see what happens and see what comes off and how do you how do these colors contrast how these combinations work and just bring emotion out of it and bring creativity out of it he's that type of dude and he used that artistic you know talent to create what he does with what he's been doing with the netflix series you see what he did with castlevania you see what he's done with this series i can't wait to see what the hell he's going to do with devil may cry to some extent it's, and, and all these other projects that he's working on and there's a reason why netflix is really investing in him because he's able to create some things that we've never seen before and it stands out from anything else we've ever seen captain laser hawk a blood dragon remix is one of them it's a six episode season uh i am aching for more after watching this because what he's done i feel like he i hate to say this i feel like he was on he was on coke when while watching captain end of the games master and came up with this idea because <laughs> this is this gives up so many vibes of captain end the games master but in his own way because it brings it's, it's an amalgamation of ubisoft characters coming in together in this one story that is a variant of a blood dragon which is a far cry expansion pack you know a game that came out a few years back um it's a standalone expansion i should say it, it, it like it's connects with you know far cry 3 but it doesn't connect with the story itself it's just a standalone crazy uh experiment that they worked on at um ubisoft montreal worked on and to that ex to that success it really worked because it inspired this out of Addy shankar and man this was an amazing movie and I, I will tell you this i will say this to those who are one-dimensional minded between this series and spider-man 2 if you don't like some of the story aspects and the story development and the character development of some of these people because you don't like change and you don't like certain aspects of people in terms of personality or culture or identity you're not going to like this based solely on that and only on that but if you're third dimensional minded you will appreciate the storytelling here you will appreciate the characters here some of the characters are lgbtqia main characters there are some things that are embracing lgbtqia oh well if that's your hang up you won't enjoy it but you're missing out on a great awesome action-packed story here enter captain dolph laserhawk he is a fugitive super soldier and leader of a group called ghost and basically how this starts off is that he teams up with a uh with his 
partner and lover, Alex Taylor, uh, played by Boris uh, Heistan, and you know, uh, Laser Hulk is played by Nathaniel Curtis. Um, Alex Taylor is an anti Eden revolutionary and now his ex-boyfriend because turns out this dude turned on and betrayed him for something bigger that ends up happening later on in the series and now you know Dolph Laserhawk is now Captain Dolph Laserhawk is now on a is on a chase to you know get revenge on him but he's also been held captive by the warden the warden uh let me see who plays the warden here plays the warden here um the warden play uh sarah fisher who we find out is you know who plays the warden but we found out her name is sarah fisher for a reason um who plays who's played by carolyn uh ford she's the warden in the supermax prison who you know takes captive of all of the um the characters in this including a bullfrog played by the character a guy named bullock who is in fact the frog from based on the assassin's creed franchise you also have marcus holloway who is the leader of a eden resistance uh deal here and he's based on a character from Watch Dogs 2 i'll get back to sarah in a minute you also have red who's played by addy sankar who's a character from um rainbow six siege but it's a different variant of that, but they're all after, you know, Captain, uh, Captain, uh, Laserhawk in this case. And he has some beef with another character here of all people, Raymond. Like if you're a gamer, you know who Raymond is. Raymond played by David, uh, Min Minkin blows me away. It's the stuff that they have Raymond do like Raymond is like, one of those mascot characters in a video game like Mario and Sonic and all that stuff. We played them for years. Like one of his best games that they had was Raymond Legends um, years back. And like he's a he's he's a cult favorite character. The stuff that Addy Sankar has this character do blows my mind. Like he plays basically he's an alien. And he plays a, a newscaster and he's a media personality, a really famous media personality. But like behind the scenes, this dude is like, he's coked up. He is like sleeping with prostitutes. He's doing all these type of things. And he's, he's kind of like Charlie. He's really Charlie Sheen in it. And it's this show, but then something happens later on that changes his whole entire vibe and everything. And something that involves red that really changes everything and, and things happen for Raymond that I'm not spoiling anything in here. That's why I'm trying to not to, I'm trying to word it properly, not to reveal anything because it's just crazy. But Raymond played by David Min, uh, Minkin. It's one of my standouts of this. He's absolutely one of my standouts here. Um, you also have, this was a surprise to me because I, it took me a minute to realize who this is Jade. Um, and, uh, PJ from, beyond good and evil i did not realize that was them that was pretty awesome pagan men is also in here as well from far uh, far cry 4 and then the weirdest thing happens in here for some random reason the first episode alone you get the appearance of all people 
the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, or in this case, the Eden Nightmare Cody Rhodes. Literally playing himself in this. He's in here for like the first episode. I will just say that I won't spoil anything what happens to this dude, but like he's on air. And then there's another well-known wrestler in here, but it makes sense because this is his vibe. Kenny Omega also makes an appearance in this game as another Eden wrestling from the EWF. I was blown away by this and it just made me wonder. I'm like, when was, what was the production of this series? Because Cody and, and, uh, Cody and the, and Omega is on here. It led me to believe that like Dave, this has been in production for quite a while. And in fact, I looked up and yeah, um, it was unveiled in 2019, which means they were still in production. And in 2019 was the beginning of AEW at the time. Like the AEW was in their humble beginnings at that time. And then also they were still being famous from just being a part of the bullet club and the elite and all that stuff. And, and all in and everything was just famous. So like, this production took forever and you got to remember at the time too this is around the time we were hearing like castlevania and devil may cry were doing a crossover from addy st car when he did that ign crazy ign type of uh interview that just weirded everybody out at the time it was just crazy that's kind of like i'm like this dude is he's 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 almost con almost kanye level genius in a lot of ways but he's also kind of kanye level eccentric but also a little bit on a creepy side as well i, I he he gives me f familiar vibes of, of people i know in in different circles promotional circles at that um so yeah man it was uh it it, it was like really insanely great that they got what we got to see those two in this deal and it just led me to believe that like they were just they were they were uh, working on this for quite some time and they just now able to get it all out because uh, if you looked at the uh premiere of what netflix revealed a couple weeks ago adi shankar has been a part of a lot of projects that he's you know just he's gonna be you know shooting out and all the way to 2024 so you know these things take time folks but in terms of like the storytelling the creativity of it each episode provides something a little bit new and it's like a collage of different type of looks and themes there's one episode in particular where they got the live actors of uh nathaniel curtis and uh caroline ford in here where they're like actually playing in costume but it's pixelated and digitized mostly i think because I, I don't know why, but I, why he chose to do that. But Carolyn Ford, you know, character, Sarah Fisher is a person of color. And she is, although she is a person of color, her, her pigmentation doesn't match up to that extent. So they kind of played it to that extent where you can see them, but it's, it looks like, it looks like the, um, the original, you know, Mortal Kombat game in a sense like they're really digitized and pixelated um or pit fighter for those who've ever played pit fighter before it looks like that and they did some really cool things with that and it's it this game this this series is a work of art plain and simple it is a that's just the best way i could put it it is it is 
art. It is paint on canvas in the form of Ubisoft most iconic characters. And so um, it is a lot to enjoy and it's a lot going on in, in just six episodes. And might I say, I did mention the name Sarah Fisher, who is the warden, who became like sort of the uh, the um, Amanda Waller of this of the ghost group. Turns out Sarah Fisher is the daughter of Sam Fisher. Yes, that Sam Fisher from Splinter Cell, who we do see an appearance of. Sam Fisher appears in the episode. I won't tell you how he ends up in this episode or what happened to him, but he's Sam Fisher is also in this series as well. And it is incredible how he was able to put all this together in a very creative way and make this make sense of all of this. Like the story itself is based around the actual, you know, Far Cry 3 bloodline story, but it's Yudi is using all of the characters from other Ubisoft franchises. Like this literally, this is Captain and the Games Master on cocaine. That is the best way I could put this. It's just, it's fantastic. It is, I, you know what's funny too? I think he always seems to have a character on cocaine. If I remember the, the, the bootleg Power Rangers, series the black ranger was on cocaine in this series raymond it's on cocaine or whatever blue substance powder substance that he was doing in here it's crazy but that seems to be his thing okay whatever <laughs> i'm telling you you gotta go out of your way if you are open-minded at the character development and just enjoy the story and this is the beauty part of being you know having a diverse group of people because you have different you're able to tell different stories and it, it makes for great it makes for great um it makes for great tv and this is no different this is a it by the way this french studio uh that that animated the uh illustrated and animated the series phenomenal i, I this bobby pill it, it this is a french uh you know uh studio that made this it, it's it they're they, they're awesome they are fantastic i love the animation i love what they did with this um the different you know looks and, and feels of the series and episodes great job this is just an overall great deal and if this is this is what we look forward to you kind of wonder why netflix is raising their prices right now because they're providing a lot but is it warranted to the point i mean we'll have to see We'll have to see. They're they're doing a lot now. I almost feel like it is in the event of what's going on with the. I think they're preparing for what's about to happen with the SAG after strike because I think they're they're going to bow down to the SAG after strike, but they're going to try to get money some way somehow to finance. And I think it's BS that if that's the reason, I think it's BS that they're doing it that way because they have they make so much money from us already. To the point that like if they pay the actors more they still should be able to get a lot more money back. So it this is a greed factor. So this may be the part that us as consumers may need to step back and be like, no, we're not paying this. You, you get paid enough. You can afford to pay all these actors properly and in, 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 in upscale to the recent inflation. And you shouldn't get hurt. You shouldn't get hurt at all by it at all. So, but again, they got a recent increase 
in their membership when they stop doing the password shares. So, man, I, I tell you what, um, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about that, but they're winning. <laughs> Netflix is winning and Addy Shankar is helping. So, um, we'll see how this goes, but I'm looking forward to what's to come next in this series, but go out of your way. Check this out. If I have, I have to give it a grade. This is going to be a, a plus. This is an A plus series. If you're an Ubisoft fan, you're going to find something awesome about it. Um, if you're not an Ubisoft fan, I don't know anything. You might be interested in what they're doing with this series enough to the point that you may want to explore other their other games. I mean, this is kind of doing the same thing for Ubisoft as with, you know, CD Projekt Red with, with um, Cyberpunk Edge Runners did for uh, CD Projekt Red. I think this is going to this is a great strategy to bring more people and the same thing with castlevania did with konami you know it is going to bring more people to want to play these games and you know keep it in the zeitgeist of things so great job great job on everybody involved here folks that will do it for this edition of acmg presents talk time live we are back in next week select start we are going to review spider-man 2 as promised i will have this immediately immediately after i finish this show i'm going back in <laughs> i'm going back in to the spider-verse in that aspect um we're gonna give my thoughts my thorough thoughts on it grade it all that stuff i don't think we'll need a crystal ball to predict the obvious what that's gonna be but we'll talk about all about it on this next episode of select start the extra podcast that we have here on the main show another movie is coming out that that's video game related and that is five nights at freddy's i am very interested in this because i never played the game i never had interest to play the game because it just looks creepy as hell <laughs> but apparently it's a popular game and so popular that it has its own movie that is coming out this week on in theaters and on peacock so I, I have peacock i'm gonna watch it and i'm gonna get my thoughts on it will it this is one of those again this is one of those things will it get me to want to play the game that's what it comes down to will it get me to want to play this game but this thing looks crazy and since peacock has already hit a home run with uh twisted metal far be it for me to not give this one a try so we'll check this out and uh, find out what I thought about this one next week as well as any news that's going on from there. And we're just going to keep moving from there. I will actually have a guest coming soon. November is going to be good because I'm going to have uh, I now am locking in another guest coming in November. Uh, Amanda C. Miller has agreed to come on uh, during the week that Naruto Cross Baruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Connections release. And I'll have back another fine talented gentleman um that has been on this show before and now that the writer strike is over he is willing to come back we just got to lock a date so i'll stay tuned for that and much more but there actually may be another one because i may reach out for maybe one or two more as well so stay tuned we got new episodes new exclusive episodes coming very soon for you guys but if you like this episode and every episode of acmg presents talk time live please go to the official website of Talk Time Live, and that is talktimelive.com. You will check out all of our audio episodes and our video exclusive interviews with some of your favorite people in the world of anime, comics, movies, and games. You can also check out our media page, which has me hosting panels for some of your favorite anime uh, shows. And you can check out our blog page, which I just added three more 
to that page. Uh, three more video and audio exclusives. I still got to finish writing the New York Comic Con uh, stuff, but the video is up there as well. You can check it out and much, much more. Folks, it's been great. Uh, thank you for the support. Thank you for continuing to listen to this show and keeping us going and keeping us growing always. And please do. So that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care, guys, and have a great and healthy-minded week. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.